You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You already are who you want to become. In this episode, Eckhart talks with a live audience in Greece. He cautions participants against the belief that enlightenment is somewhere out there or something to be achieved in the distant future. He says we don't have to go through a long process of becoming to find liberation. He explains the irony is that when we look to the future, we miss the opportunity to find freedom right here in the present moment. He urges all of us to wake up and to realize we already are who we want to become. Some spiritual seekers seek with great intensity. It's their life purpose and that's a great thing. Instead of seeking wealth or recognition or worldly success, what they seek is whatever they call it, liberation, enlightenment, becoming enlightened, liberated. Okay, now the danger is to look to the future for us, that you project a state that you want to achieve, which is in the future. And the frustrating thing is, you don't achieve it, but you, you want to get there. And that is the movement of becoming. You want to become something or someone that you are not yet. And so this prevents you from realizing that you are already what you want to become. And wanting to become it is the obstacle that prevents you from realizing that what you're looking for, you are already. So some teachings will tell you that in order to awaken spiritually, you need great intensity, the same intensity that a drowning man has for air. And that's very intense. If you're about to drown, you're, you really want air. <sighs> And so some teachers will tell you, you need, if you don't have, if you do not look for spiritual realization with the same intensity of a drowning man or woman looking for air, you won't get there. That's one teaching. The others say, and this sounds a little bit like more what I've been saying, there's nothing you can do about it. It comes when it wants to come. So just relax. Let go. Don't, don't look for anything. Just, okay, mm -hmm. so, and then, so you want me to just watch TV or? Uh, <laughs> mm, 
become a couch potato and watch TV. Just it might come or it might not come. <laughs> it's unlikely that it'll come. However, if you bring the two together, the two approaches which seem totally contradictory of wanting to awaken with that enormous intensity and just being just being totally okay in this this moment is just fine. There's nothing to look for. This is this is fine. The intensity that uh, created the projection of future, that intensity needs to move into the present moment. So instead of the intensity of, I need to get there, there's a longing of getting there. And of course, you're almost looking for it. This is the, the enlightened me is over there somewhere in the future. Or maybe it's, maybe I need to move to India. Maybe then I'll find myself. And of course, you might, or you might not, bring that intensity into the present moment. And in the present moment, you are just be intensely present. You don't want anything. Be intensely present. There's nothing to want anymore. If you're intensely present, it is a very deeply fulfilling state of being. Intense presence. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you still looking for yourself? No, there's nothing to look for. That presence is it. No, you might lose it the next moment, but right now you are present. You are the presence. And sometimes you don't get the intensity unless you are being extremely challenged by life. Some people don't get it until Really, you need to get to the limit of endurance. Let's say you lose everything, and there you are on a park bench. Lost all status, relationships, possessions, everything gone. 
taken away from me. And instead of developing a victim identity, what life has done to me, oh my God, this is where I've ended up on the park bench. It's all been in vain, all the stuff that I've been involved in, and all my spiritual search, where has it gotten me? Here, the park bench. It's all completely pointless. The story, you can see the story, how it creates unhappiness and an unhappy identity. And then you can't stand the suffering anymore, and perhaps a moment arises when you completely surrender to this moment as it is. And that's, this is really is like an awakening. You suddenly awaken into this present moment. And from before, before you were in your thoughts with a mind-made identity, a very unhappy identity. And suddenly you go, oh, there's no opinion anymore about who you are because you know that you are that deep presence. And then you notice, the, the, whenever you move away from it, you begin to suffer. So that keeps you on the, the narrow path that leads to life, that is life. Then somebody talked about that. The narrow road, the narrow path that leads to life. And not many people have chosen it. I think somebody said that. And what is this narrow path? It's the path of presence, very narrow. And that is exactly what all the, the great Zen teachers taught to be absolutely here in the now. And you burn off past and future you can still manipulate past and future for practical purposes, but it no longer has anything to do with your sense of identity. Your personal past, you remember it, yes, but it no longer has anything to do with who you are. You are the deep I. So that is something that you can you can, this is an opportunity here, and especially if your life situation is very unpleasant at the moment, at home, wherever, go into intense, in very intense presence voluntarily without life forcing you into it by putting you into a limit situation. Another one could be you go to the doctor and he says, we've just been looking at your x-rays, and it doesn't look good. You have five months approximately. No, that's terrible news, especially if you're not that old yet. It could happen. So either this brings an enormous amount of suffering suddenly, or it pushes you into absolute and complete presence. And this is there's a phrase that the teacher, the chain-smoking guru, who approached this wonderful book, Nisargadatta, described as this state. He described as, in his habitual 
very emphatic way of speaking, he said, this is the radical refusal to harbor thoughts. And he would look at you like that. <laughs> the radical refusal to harbor thoughts. That's how he spoke. Oh. Okay, I'm not harboring any thoughts. <laughs> this is a very Yang approach to these, the Zen masters also are a bit on the Yang side, more than I am. <laughs> they look at you and they look really fierce, with bulging eyes in the old drawings of Zen masters, these bulging eyes. And that's a teaching in itself. But in the good drawings of these ancient Zen masters, you see when you look at the, you can, done by, perhaps by a great artist, you can see that, yes, there is that intensity that looks almost intimidating, looks intimidating, but there's also hiding there, that behind it, there is a gentleness and a presence and compassion. But yet, it's not on the surface, it's hiding. The surface is very yang. And that's the same with Nisargadatta, he's the same approach. It's a very, not many people yet are at, have arrived at the point where this statement by Nisargadatta, the radical refusal to harbor thoughts, not, not many humans are yet ready for that or are able to live that, but some are. And there may be some here. And if there are some here who are able to live this radical, very radical approach to awakening, if there are some you here, then it's probably because you are faced with a threatening life situation or something is very... Uh, not going well in your life, or something very bad has just happened, or you're in deep suffering. You're contemplating suicide. Let's say you're contemplating suicide because you're telling yourself, I can't take anymore. I just cannot take anymore. And one can see why people think that life is just unbearable. I can't, I can fully understand that. But I would suggest as an alternative option to suicide to try something else first. You have nothing to lose anymore. <laughs> Absolutely nothing to lose. So try something else first. And we could call it the radical refusal to harbor thoughts, or we could call it unconditional and total acceptance of this moment as it is. That's another way of putting it. So as an alternative to suicide, why not go there and what that is, and this sounds a little frightening or extreme, that has been described as 
an act of, but in a positive sense, an act of self-annihilation. Self-annihilation, but it, it refers to the egoic self. So if you are faced with, or you're faced with imminent death, maybe you're just old, well, you have nothing to lose. Why not go there now? And once you know what it is that I'm talking about, you've had glimpses, so it's not just mental abstractions, you'd know experientially at first hand what presence is, because you have experienced moments of presence. And so then you go there and no more of that nonsense, no more drama, no more suffering, just this moment as it is. And in that you beautiful, suddenly there's a deepening and you go into the deep eye and you are the deep eye. How much longer you live suddenly isn't that important anymore because the fulfillment of your life is already here. Nothing could be greater than to realize the depths of your being and so if you're not ready for this very radical approach, that's fine. A time may come when you are ready for it. But you can also awaken more gradually, and for most of you that applies rather than... But if you're, looking, if you're contemplating suicide, please try the radical refusal to harbor thoughts when the unhappy entity that wanted to commit suicide, the unhappy entity that said, I can't take anymore, dissolves. So the very entity that couldn't take anymore isn't there anymore. You withdraw consciousness from it. This kind of happened to me that night when I experienced that shift. I can't live with myself anymore was the thought that came. What does that mean? I can't live with myself. Who am I and who is the self? So there are two of me here. Very weird. I can't live with my... I can't live with myself. I can't stand myself. I, I am a burden to myself. All that kind of thought. What does that mean? It means there is a self that's very unhappy and there's an I, and they have come together. But now, if you separate the I, which is consciousness, from the self, the self is no longer being sustained by consciousness, and it, it evaporates. And then you realize who you are beyond the conditioned self, consciousness, when that happened to me, kind of spontaneously, I could not have explained it in the way I explain it now. I didn't understand it at all. So there was no immediate understanding that came with it. There was just a shift from being an unhappy person to being peace at peace in the same situation. So this is very, very important. The separation of consciousness from 
the structure of thinking so that think thinking does not continually continuously absorb all your all their consciousness and 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 gobbles it up and devours it continuously the the mind is a huge addiction the 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 greatest addiction is the addiction to thinking useless thinking not constructive thinking which means 95% of thinking is useless <laughs> creates enormous amount of suffering so you take attention away from thinking and then the separation happens between from consciousness is realized in its pure form not in its incarnated form as thought consciousness is realized in its pure form so simple i know you're not waiting for me to continue speaking i may but you're not waiting because you're experiencing that beautiful state of being where you're not waiting for the next thing you like to watch new stuff right well go to hulu and see what's new cuz hulu has new stuff all the time like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Let's just go a little more deeply into that beautiful state of pure presence, pure being. I'll be shutting up for a little while, probably, who knows. <laughs> And as much as possible, be here relinquishing thought you don't really need it right now what what is there to think about right now it nothing it wouldn't add anything to the experience of this moment it would only detract from the experience of this moment if you find it difficult i'm talking again if you find it difficult to hold presence a very simple thing is and that was already recommended by the buddha uh, to be aware of your breathing that means you can feel yourself breathing in the whole length of the in breath and then there's a brief stop and you're aware of that also and then there's a whole length of the out breath and there's another brief stop and then the in breath starts again so you're aware of the these movements 
and the two stops. You don't need to actually do anything to your breathing because it's happening anyway, but you just didn't know it. So this is one way of for those who cannot yet directly enter the state of pure presence or awareness. This is a little help because while you're aware of your breathing, you'll notice a weird thing. You cannot think at the same time. The moment you think, you lost awareness of your breath. <laughs> and this is why there's a probably a legendary th thing that the Buddha said. He probably didn't say it, but <laughs> be aware of your breathing for one hour and you'll be totally enlightened. But if you miss one, you have to start from the beginning. Now, you don't need to be aware of your breathing for one hour. Don't believe that. All you need to be aware of your breathing is the breaths you're taking at this moment. Not many breaths, only this one, because that's the only one there ever is. So those of you who cannot yet just simply step out of thought into presence, that's a help. Breath awareness. Closely associated with that is body awareness, the inner body, the aliveness that pervades the inner body, to feel that aliveness in every cell of the body. That's an anchor for presence also. Takes you out of your thinking mind, diverts consciousness away from thought. It's helpful to be in this energy field of collective presence. At first, the cessation of thinking happens sporadically. You may notice it when it happens spontaneously, as it does for most of you. You notice for example, when you first look at something, let's say you step out of your room or your, the house where you're staying and you open the door and then of course in the morning, for example, or during the day, and of course the first thing, you look what's there, you look. And if you're very alert, you'll notice that in the first two or three seconds of looking, you're not thinking. There's just an awareness. Now, most people don't know that. But in the first moment something new arises, it could also be listening. There's a sound. Maybe it's a bird. And you're listening. In the first two, three, four, five seconds of looking or listening, you're just aware there's the perception and there's the awareness. And then some kind of mental labeling comes in and you start either thinking something about it, calling it something, or 
your mind moves away entirely from that into some other mental dream world where you're thinking about the next thing you have to do or whatever it is or what happened just before or yesterday so it could be that you're looking at something for a moment and then completely absorbed in thinking again or you're looking at something there is that space of presence that arises spontaneously whenever something new comes into your perceptual field and if you can be aware of that then a wonderful thing happens then the that initial space becomes longer if you acknowledge you don't have to do anything just become aware that whenever you first there's a first perception of something there's a moment when you need to so you, you see it and there's an awareness but the labeling hasn't started yet and if you catch that first moment it will deepen and it will become longer and that means you become more spacious more space and you become we can put it like that a deeper human being the being deepens because the more space there is before the conceptual mind comes in the deeper you are as a human being in other words the being dimension which is the the depth dimension within you grows you be it 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 deepens it intensifies now this is a lovely practice where you don't really have to do anything and it happens continuously a human being too you look at a, a human being comes towards you or sitting at the table and there's a, the first few seconds you just look and then something comes in some kind of mind movement will come in or this person you may then begin to interpret and feel something about this person oh i'd like to have a date with this this man or woman uh, or whatever the, the, some kind of desire movement may come in some opinion uh, or some dislike whatever it is that's with humans but always catching the first moment when you look at something like i mean you can even you could even do it anyway look at something that you hadn't looked at before just look at what the ceiling or whatever it is and in the first few seconds you'll notice before the mind says oh there's so many lamps up there before the mind says that the mind doesn't say anything you're just aware of what we're looking at the interpretation hasn't happened yet and then the mind says oh i wonder how many lamps are actually in that ceiling let's count them <laughs> that'll keep the mind busy but in the the first this is the the, the first moment catch always catching that then it gets longer and it deepens and this that even this very simple thing as you practice that changes the entire way in which you perceive so-called reality 
just just catch the initial moment and by catching it 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 gets longer and you become deeper uh, the longer the gap before you express a thought or whatever contribution you make the deeper you are and the deeper your perception is any great artists if let's say it's a painter who paints a, a landscape or whatever it is has to enter that state i mean there are many artists these days who are do who have no access to it you'll realize that when you visit modern art galleries it's, but there are still some who do and they in the act of creation there is that absolute ability to to look and look and look and be the awareness and then out of that comes something beautiful and when the the painting is done of a landscape for example there is an added element in that painting that is the how it gets in there nobody knows that is the consciousness of the artist in that moment of creation the awareness the consciousness has become part of the painting so this this the nature is there but it's more than a photo or the photos can be very beautiful too it's more than of just than a photo there's something else that has come and that is the this is why great works of art can help you enter if you really contemplate them they can help you enter the state out of which they were created so that's a remember that that practice of first perception it could be auditory too that's a very beautiful thing let's say there's a sound of a bird and at first you and after three or four seconds you may find the mind will want to interpret but you can actually delay it and say not ready to interpret just carry on and then at some point the mind says yes but i really want to know what kind of a bird that is <laughs> no and that's interesting because the mind says i really want to know the mind wants to know it wants to interpret it does not want to be in the state of not knowing however the mind does not realize that there are two modalities of knowing and it regards the other modality of knowing that is non-conceptual as valueless and actually dangerous and you have to know that and then you can see in your life you need conceptual knowledge but more importantly you need more fundamentally you need non-conceptual knowing i give sometimes the example of going into a beautiful ancient cathedral for example so you enter that space and you begin to look and then the, the somebody offers you a recorded 
tour of it, which you can hire, you put it in your ear, and it guides you around the cathedral. It explains everything. And now you walk three more steps and you will see that statue by so-and-so done there. And then you, now you look up to the ceiling and it will explain, oh, so interesting. Wow, yes, yes, great. After an hour you have learned everything there's to know or a lot about the cathedral. So you've known it conceptually and to the mind that's all there is. It doesn't realize there's another way of experience in the cathedral which is totally non-conceptual and in order to do that you have to refuse the electronic guide and just walk in there and just look and be aware and spacious and experience that space and what's in the space, the totality of the space and you, a sense of awe, it's a funny English word, awe, <laughs> it's onomatopoeic, I believe that's the word, but it kind of uh, reproduces uh, the sound that you make when you're in a state of awe, you say, oh. <laughs> and that's the state when you uh, look at something, you say, wow, but there's no, you don't know anything conceptually. You don't know when it was built and who did this and who did that or what these particular architect architectural things are called. You don't know anything. And you walk and you experience, it's a deep experience. And then this means you're experiencing the other way of knowing, which is totally neglected in our civilization, but is vitally, vitally important and so you neglect it and all you know is conceptual knowledge. You need both. And the more fundamental one is the non-conceptual because that takes you deeper and connects you uh, intimately with what it is that you are perceiving. So after a tour of one hour of the cathedral, you come out and a friend is waiting for you and says, what have you learned? Nothing. <laughs> but you have experienced the cathedral and it's been a wonderful experience. Now I recommend that the, if you have more time, the next day you go back and then you hire this guide and walk around and learn about it. And on the third day you visit it again and you can be in both dimensions as you walk around you can still experience it, you're not totally immersed in your conceptual knowledge, but it's there, but you have that spaces of pure awareness as you experience it. And this is an analogy almost for how your whole, whole life should be and can be. You move in the two dimensions. And this is not only knowing a, 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 a sacred building or something like that, it refers also to knowing yourself. Because most humans only know themselves conceptually. In other words, they don't know themselves at all, they only know stuff about themselves. But they don't know themselves, there's knowing and knowing about. Uh, there's a 
reason why in some languages such as French or Spanish, they have two words for to know, whereas English or German only have one. So in, in French you have savoir and connaître, and in Spanish you have saber, you say, and connoisseur. To, so it's two different ways. For example, in Spanish, if you say, I know who you are, that's one way of knowing, say quien eres, or I know you, take conozco, you use a different verb. So one is the conceptual knowing, and one is a more direct knowing. So that's a, there's sometimes certain wisdom embodied in language. So here we, you need to know yourself, not just as an object in your consciousness. In other words, you know about yourself, you know things about yourself. You need to know yourself more intimately, but this knowing is totally non-conceptual, and from the conceptual point of view, looks like not knowing anything at all. But it is a deep knowing beyond concepts, where the knower and the known merge into one. So you are no longer in the, when you know yourself in the sense that the ancient Greek philosophers talked about, then you know yourself no longer, you're no longer an object to yourself. Object and subject merge into one, and that is called, this is why we have the expression in some spiritual traditions, self-realization, self-realization you're no longer an object to yourself. This is the healing of the ancient split that started in Greek mythology expressed as the myth of Narcissus, the man who saw an image of himself and then began to live through a mental image and became very unhappy. That's the whole story of humanity, the development of the ego. And it is the healing of that split that occurred many thousands of years ago, when humans split themselves in two, and sometimes more than two, they split, so they have self-image, and you, that's, so, so knowing yourself, and, and this is fundamentally knowing yourself as subject-object in one, and then you still have some things that you know about yourself, and this applies then to other situations and other humans, then you know every human being also on the two levels. You know them as humans, which is the conditioned entity, but you also know them in their being. And that is the, the added dimension to, to every interaction. So you're no longer related purely through the mental-emotional field. There's something deeper that is present in the interaction. So that's the two modalities of knowing, conceptual and deeper knowing, non-conceptual knowing. And that's the state that Socrates referred to when he said, I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. He dwelled in that state 
the deep state of non-conceptual knowing. But miraculously, out of that deep state of non-conceptual knowing, suddenly creative thinking arose from that. So he was one of the most creative. He taught humanity, or certainly the Western world, to think, to ask questions, to think. And he was a highly creative thinker. But he could only be a creative thinker because he had access to the non-conceptual dimension. And then out of that, creative thinking rose, and that became concepts, yes. But he was never lost in concepts. And he never created a conceptual structure that was the ultimate explanation of reality, and that you, this is how it is. No, it is more, it's a loose thing. Not, he didn't create any dogma that he to believe in. So he continued to have access to the source of creativity, which is non-conceptual knowing. And then if that flows into your mind, and if your mind, of course your mind needs a certain preparation in order to to give form to that which arises from the from ultimately the formless dimension. So it helps if you have learned how to formulate words and sentences, <laughs> then you can say something about it. And if if you are an artist and you have, I can go within very deeply, but if 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 you put me in front of a canvas, I'm not going to produce a great work of art, because that is not the vehicle is not prepared for that. But the vehicle is prepared for something else. And I'm not going to create a great work of music if you put me in front of a piano. I'm not going to suddenly produce a great symphony (laughs) or come up with the completion of what Albert Einstein looked for, the uh, unified field theory, whatever that is. I'm not going to come up with it. That's not, the mind is not, cannot be a vehicle for that, but it can be a vehicle for this. Thank you. (laughs) I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.